Lord God, in the beginning you spoke and stilled the waters of chaos to bring forth our world. On Sinai you spoke again to Moses and gave us the Ten Commandments to bring order out of disorder and to compel our rebellious wills. At the appointed time you speak again, the Word made flesh that lives among us. Please empower us to live by the new commandment Jesus gives, to love and serve each other, and to surrender our lives to you. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. A reading from the book of Exodus. In those days, God delivered all these commandments. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery. You shall not have other gods besides me. You shall not carve idols for yourselves in the shape of anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the waters beneath the earth. You shall not bow down before them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, inflicting punishment for their father's wickedness on the children of those who hate me, down to the third and fourth generation, but bestowing mercy down to the thousandth generation on the children of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave unpunished the one who takes his name in vain. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days you may labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. No work may be done then either by you or your son or daughter or your male or female slave or your beast or by the alien who lives with you. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that you may have a long life in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male or female slave, nor his ox or ass, or, nor anything else that belongs to him. The word of the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, Jews and Greeks alike, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. 
Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled, spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. A woman went to the post office to mail a brand new Bible to her son, so it was beautifully packaged. The clerk at the counter asked her, is there anything breakable in the package? And she said, no, nothing, just the Ten Commandments. <laughs> we know, of course, that when we break the commandments, we feel bad, we feel guilty, regretful. On the other hand, we know when we keep the commandments how different our lives are. So in the first reading today, we heard that when the commandments are broken, the Lord said there will, there will be punishment that will come. There will be consequences. In four generations, he said, the punishment will, will continue for four generations. On the other hand, he said, when you follow the commandments, you will be blessed for thousands of generations. Big difference, isn't it? There is a story of a man who went to see his uh, uh, family doctor, and he said, uh, Doc, I've, lately I have been feeling really, really guilty. I have been misbehaving a lot, and my conscience is telling me that. I feel, I feel bad, I feel guilty, so can you help me? So the doctor looked at him and he said, so what do you want me to do? Do you want me to pre prescribe something for you that will strengthen your willpower? And he said, no, I want you to give me something that will weaken my conscience. <laughs> we know, of course, that sometimes conscience can be weakened. We know that. But the properly formed conscience always takes us to, and, and places us in a good relationship with the Lord, challenges us to follow the commandments, offers us a better way of life, not chaos, but order. Because the Ten Commandments accomplish so much good, especially when the chosen people kept them. We know the Ten Commandments God gave to Moses after he spent 40 days and 40 nights on, the, on Mount Sinai pray, praying. While, while he was praying, we know from the Bible that the chosen people fashioned a golden calf and worshipped it as their God. So when Moses came down with the tablets 
on which the commandments were written, and he got so angry that he smashed them into pieces because of what he saw. But of course, God gave the new, new set of commandments, and people for many, many years, of course, kept them, sometimes not. But it was very important to them because now they were about to enter the promised land. So God didn't want them not to have rules. He wanted them to continue to follow the commandments, the same commandments that helped them to find the promised land, that helped them to relate to one another and to their God the right way. So that's, that's the power of the commandments. They're not just words. Yes, they're, they're words, but there are so much more. They're a way of life, way of loving and serving God and one another. There is not a single commandment we can say or we can look at and say, this is something that burdens me, that will never set me free. On the contrary, we know it is sin that enslaves us in, in its different forms. Commandments set us free for the life of, that only God can offer. And that's the beauty of the commandments, that they set us truly free and help us to find God and to find better relationship with one another, stealing, cheating, committing sins that, are, that separate us from one another. Again, what are they? How do we address them? In the second reading, we heard that St. Paul said that what Jesus did, some people looked at as foolishness. They couldn't understand, and especially those that were like from Greek culture that had many different gods, they couldn't understand why God would offer his only son, who was innocent, and how, why, why he would let him die on the cross. So that's why sometimes to mock Christianity, the pagan cultures would, would take a cross and would put donkey on it to say this was a stupid act would happen. <clears throat> of course, Paul said, no, human foolishness is God's wisdom. And he said, I'm, I'm only going to preach Christ crucified because sometimes Paul tried to avoid crucifixion, mentioning that Jesus died on the cross. When he did that, his preaching did not produce good results or uh, many good, good uh, conversions or things like that. However, when he told people honestly, this is what the Son of God did for you, for your salvation, to set you free from your sins, people were stunned and they became Christians because of the crucifixion, they realized this is what God was willing to do for us. This is what his son did. So in the gospel today, we hear about Jesus getting angry, which is unusual. And we may say, isn't anger sin? Well, of course, it depends how on the context. Jesus got angry. Why? Because he saw that there was something wrong going on, and he made the situation right. The wrong that was going on, the temple became a marketplace, as we heard. The holiest of, of places in the entire land became a den of thieves, as it's sometimes referred to, a marketplace. There was selling, cheating, lying going on. Imagine this. The Passover, as we heard in the Gospel reading, was the most important holiday for the Jewish people, most important feast. So thousands of people would come to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices of different animals. It was impractical if you traveled from many, many miles to carry an animal with you or drag an animal with you, whether it was sheep or oxen or what, whatever. So people would say, when I get there, I will buy one there. And of course, when they got there, the prices were sometimes very, very expensive that people couldn't, could barely afford. Or sometimes people would bring their own animal, but the animal, all the animals for sacrifices had to be perfect. So if the animal got hurt on the way, 
it was not fit to be sacrificed. So again, they were told, no, you have to buy one from us. So this, was, this went on in the temple. And also, people in, a secular life, in their secular lives used Roman currency. In the temple, it was not allowed. They had to change the Roman coins into Jewish coins and offer those in offertory. So again, the exchange rates were not good. So imagine the experience that sometimes people would have that they came to pray to worship God, and this is how they were treated. So Jesus got angry and made a whip out of cords and threw them all out, overturned their tables, made the wrong situation right. And you know what? After he left, they probably came right back because he wasn't a, a temple guard. <laughs> he, they came right back, but Jesus made a point. He made a point, this isn't right. And the scripture scholars actually agree that this was the, the, the final straw, as we say, that broke the camel's back. This sealed Jesus' fate because he hid those who were trying to make profit there. He hid them where it hurt most, at their income, their wallets. So they said to themselves, he must go, we must kill him. We, we can't let this happen to us. So again, Jesus got angry. If you're going to get angry, let's do it the way he did by channeling their, that anger into doing good, standing up for what is good. That's what Jesus did. And we know it can happen. We know this is the, the greatest commandment Jesus teaches us. It's based on love. All the commandments are based on love. There is a story, a true story, that happened during the Second World War. An American Navy ship was transporting wounded Japanese prisoners of war to their home country. And... Uh, and many of them were, were badly wounded, barely alive. And there was one American medic that took really good care of them, providing them the care that they needed. So his, his other fellow soldiers questioned him, why do, why do you do this to them? Look what they did to our men. They let many of them die. They tortured our men. Why are you being so good to them? And he said, because I am a Christian. These, these wounded Japanese soldier, soldiers will come home one day, hopefully, and they will te tell their people that they had been lied to by their Japanese warlords, that American soldiers are not beasts, that they can be kind, they can be compassionate. So he said, the only way we're going to eliminate hatred from our hearts is by bringing Christ's love to them. That's the only way we will have peace in our world. Very, very simple step that the man did not respond with hatred but with love to those that were his enemies, that hurt perhaps his friends. Again, the commandments. They, they only give life and they will continue. They, there is not a single commandment, as I said, that does not seek our own good. And they, they are always timely. For over 3,000 years now people have followed them. So let us be thankful that God has given us a set of guidelines how to live, what to do, and what not to do. And we know, of course, that as the opening prayer said, these were given so to, bring chaos, to bring order out of disorder, to ch change chaos into order, just as God always wants our world to be. So let's apply more and more the commandments into our daily life. Let us read the fine print, the spirit of each commandment, because that's how, we, how they truly will set us free. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, 
please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.